0: I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 28, and you know that the end of Matthew is the wonderful great commission that Jesus gave to us. Uh, Today we were planning to have a very special baptism out at the Presque Isle. Lord willing, we will have that baptism uh, three weeks from today on the 7th of August, Uh, When we have a baptism out at Presque Isle, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to uh, bring a message from God's Word on what baptism is all about. And this morning, as we prepare to read God's Word, and I'm thinking of myself out at the bandshell today, uh, speaking to us out at the beautiful park the Lord has given to us, I want to spend some time looking at baptism and the Great Commission. And as we look at what Jesus has to say, what we're going to see is there are some questions that emerge about what baptism is all about in what Jesus says to us about the Great Commission. And so let me read for you starting in verse 16 of Matthew 28. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's bow in prayer for just a moment. Lord, these are precious words to us because they come from the lips of our Savior. And we thank you that He is not only a wonderful Lord, a wonderful Savior, the God-man, crucified, risen, resurrected, reigning and ruling and coming again. But he's also a very wonderful teacher. And we have the privilege so many years after he walked this earth to ponder his words, to know that the Holy Spirit that he sent into the world to continue his work guides us in our understanding so that He, the Spirit of Truth, is able to take the things of Christ and make them real to us. We look forward, Father, to the baptism we will have in just a few weeks. And uh, we pray that in Your good providence and in Your uh, permission, we may have a sunny day on August 7th and have the joy of rejoicing as we see people following you in the waters of baptism. But teach us now, open our minds, help us to understand that we might love you and obey you and follow in your way for Jesus' sake. And all God's people said together, Amen. Amen. Now as I think this morning, particularly on this issue of baptism, one of the questions that arises out of this passage is... Why is baptism important? And I think you know that in Jesus' ministry, He gave us a great commandment, and He gave us a great commission. I won't ask you to turn there, but in Matthew 22, you have the great commandment. Somebody asked Jesus, what are the greatest of all the commandments? And He said, you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul and your mind, And he said, you're to love your neighbor as yourself. He said, this is the greatest of all commandments. Because to love God and then to love others, there could be no greater commandment. And then we know that Jesus in his ministry gave us a great commission. Uh, There are no less than five places where the great commission is found. Uh, This is the most uh, well known of the five. And the reason that our mission statement, which is on our walls as you come into our church says, becoming Christ followers, is because that is the central focus of the great commission that Jesus gave when he said to make disciples. It is our marching orders. It is uh, really for us the central priority of our ministry. If there's one thing that we are to be sure that we are doing as a church It is to be developing people who are becoming Christ followers, which is what a disciple is. Now it's interesting, as we look at Jesus giving up the Great Commission here, we discover there's one command, make disciples. And then there are three actions, go, baptize, and teach. I will never forget many years ago, Uh, hearing uh, Pastor W.A. Criswell from Dallas, Texas, who had pastored in that city for over 50 years, being the first one that I ever remember explaining how this worked. He said that go, baptize, and teach are all participles that modify the main verb. Make disciples, then, is what we are to do Go, baptize, and teach is to how we are to do it. Uh, in our home this summer, we start a, a little small group, and there are ten of us in that group. Uh, we've been studying this little booklet, Becoming a Disciple. And in the booklet, there is one of the best summaries of what this process is all about that I've ever read. Let me read it for you for just a moment. I've jotted it down here in my notes. To become a disciple of Jesus Christ means, first, to believe in the person and work of Jesus Christ, that is, to accept the gospel and to trust the Lord Jesus who is the center of the gospel. Next, it means to be publicly baptized, identifying with Jesus and his message and joining the community of faith, the local church. Finally, it means to receive the teachings which Jesus taught the disciples. That is the Great Commission. Now, you know, what I discover here, and this is so very interesting, baptism is so important, Jesus made it the second step in the Great Commission. Have you ever thought of it like that? The second step in the marching orders of the church is to baptize believers. It even comes before teaching. Now that does not mean it's more important than teaching. How many of you are glad to hear me say that? (laughs) But what Jesus is saying is it is so important that baptism ought to occur fairly early in the Christian life. That's what Jesus is saying. If I were to ask us questions this morning and ask you for a response, what would you say? Is going with the Gospel important? Is teaching believers the truth important? Then is baptizing believers important? Yes. Yes. Another question that comes out of this. What is the meaning of baptism? What is it all about? Now, I'm sure you have noticed that I'm wearing my police badge this morning. It says, cop, right in the middle of it, in case you (laughs) can't read it. By the way, Pastor Hank really showed me up the other day. I was so proud of it. He pulled his out. (laughs) (laughs) But I I have tell you this. Um, I went to two stores looking to see if I could find a a toy police badge, and I I couldn't find one either. So I was over near Goodwill, and I thought... I'm going to go in there hoping there's a one in a million chance in the used toys there's a police badge. And there was. One. Somebody down in front of Smart Alex said, did you get the toy gun? This is an outdoor crowd, that's for sure. Now you say, why am I wearing this? Well, I could say I'm supporting the police. Wouldn't that be reason enough today? Yeah. I could say it's also a reminder for us to be in prayer for Jeff Marker and the other officers that are in the riot control in Cleveland this week. But the reason that I'm wearing it today is um, I read a couple of weeks ago one of the best descriptions of baptism I think I've ever ever read. Baptism is a badge of belonging. That's what it's intended to be. Now, if you were to look up the word badge in a dictionary, you would find this, typically worn to identify a person. Uh, The verbal form of badge means to mark with a badge Pastor Hank used to be a detective Jeff Marker is a detective Uh, and you know a detective to identify themselves will pull out and show their badge now Jesus knew the powers of symbols to teach didn't he he was the master at taking a symbol to teach very important truth and he gave us a very powerful badge He said, when you are baptized in water, it should be in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now what Jesus was teaching then is baptism is the badge that we belong to the triune God. By the way, do you know that we are unique in the world? No one else has the triune God as their Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's only true of Christians. So Jesus said, I want you to be baptized as Trinitarians because Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have been revealed as three persons in one God. And think of what happens when we believe. The Father adopts us into His family. The Son becomes our Savior And He washes our hearts clean from all of our sins. The Holy Spirit comes to live within us. He indwells us, transforming us with a new life. And we belong. We belong. But did you know there's more here? Baptism is done by other believers to us. Jesus said, Baptizing them. Baptizing them. Baptism is not something that we do on our own. It is something that other Christians do to us. So baptism then is also the badge that we belong to the new community, the church. So we are not only claimed by the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and belong to them, and are committed to them, but we also are united to a body, the church. And we are committed to that local body. And baptism is that symbol that we now have a new family. I've had a few encounters with the police in my lifetime. Won't tell you about them. (laughs) But I know this when I see an officer with a badge, they're not the only police in town, right? They belong to a department, they serve a community of people. They are accountable to one another and they are accountable to their captain, their uh, lieutenants, their sergeants, and to each other. In fact, I did a little checking this week and did you know that the police have an oath of law enforcement honor? Did you know that? Every officer takes an oath. And here's what that oath is. On my honor, I will never betray my badge, my integrity, my character, or the public trust. I will always have the courage to hold myself and others accountable for our actions. I will always uphold the Constitution, my community, and the agency I serve. What does that badge represent? It symbolizes a commitment to the department and to the community. Why is Officer Jeff Marker and the others in Cleveland? It's because they swore this oath and they put on a badge that says, I am committed to the community that I serve To keep us safe. Baptism is like that badge. It says I belong to a body, the body of Christ. And I'm committed to that body. To serve that body. To be a member of that body. To be a part of that local church. What a wonderful truth is being symbolized for us. Well, here's the third question that comes out of here. What is the reason for baptism? Why should we do it? And it's very clear here that we ought to do it because Jesus wants us to. We do it in obedience to Him. Uh, one of the churches that was going to be out in the uh, uh, park with us today is First Baptist Church of Gwyn. And Pastor Ron Leiby likes to refer to baptism in this way, he likes to call it obedience baptism. Now, we often refer to baptism as believer's baptism because the New Testament teaches us it's only supposed to be done on those who have believed. But I love this concept that Pastor Ron has, obedience baptism, that's another way of referring to it Because we are obeying Jesus. We are obeying Jesus. Um, J.I. Packer, who wrote the bestseller, Knowing God, also wrote a book entitled Growing in Christ. And uh, uh, Pastor Leiby would love what um, uh, J.I. Packer said in that book because he would put himself in the same company as Ron Leiby. Listen to what J.I. Packer said about baptism and growing in Christ. He said, for baptism is among Jesus' commands. He sent his followers to disciple all nations, baptizing them in the triune name. So a church that did not require baptism and an unbaptized Christian who did not ask for it would be something of a contradiction in terms. The root reason for the practice of baptizing is to please Jesus Christ our Lord. Many years ago, I was getting ready to participate in the baptism of a teenager. Uh, This was a young man that was a part of a family of three kids, and uh, they essentially were in a very chaotic home. And so an elderly woman in our church, Hazel Turns, was her name, took in these kids as their foster grandmother. It was a real labor of love. As we uh, got ready to baptize the oldest, uh, Lewis is his name. As we were preparing for it, we asked him, Lewis, why are you being baptized? You know what he said? He said Jesus was baptized. And he said, if he got baptized, then I figured I ought to as well. (laughs) I said to Lewis, I don't know. 17 years of age, whatever that was. I said, Lewis, that's one of the best answers I've ever heard. That's exactly right. By the way, that's why baptism should follow salvation, not precede it. Because obedience follows faith, doesn't it? Obedience follows faith. As the song says, we trust and obey, don't we? We trust and obey. And once we come to faith in Jesus, then we follow in the way of Jesus as He commanded. The number one reason why we ought to be baptized is because it pleases Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, um, I think on the 7th, we're going to have a special day. And we're going to ask and pray that the Lord gives to us a a great service and a great time of baptism. Uh, Jim, no, by faith on the 7th, I'm not going to bring an umbrella. Okay? And uh, so you'll be vindicated. You can say, so there, Pastor, to me. All right? But if you are thinking about this, Three weeks is plenty of time to maybe spend a little more time with us thinking about this. And maybe you might say, Pastor, I think I would like to join those from our church and maybe from some of the others who we baptized. And so you come and let Pastor Hank or myself know, and we would do whatever we can to help you get ready for a very special day. Let's take a moment and bow our heads and close our eyes. And in a moment, our praise team will come and lead us in our final song. But I just want to say, maybe you're here today and you've never become a Christian. Maybe you are not sure where you stand with the Lord. And I would just want to say today that before we close... We would love to give you that opportunity here today. To become a Christian, you must, in your heart of hearts, recognize that you are a sinner undone before God, and you stand under His judgment. And you, perhaps, in your heart of hearts today, if you're not sure where you are at with the Lord, could say, Lord, that's me. I'm alienated from you, I'm a sinner. I may not have sinned as bad as some others that I know, but I have sinned equally in your eyes. And I know that I cannot save myself. You then could say, but Lord Jesus, I believe your word is true. I believe who you are, that you are God in the flesh, the God-man, Jesus Christ. And I believe you came and died on the cross for my sins. You rose again for my justification. And you are offering eternal life right now from the portals of heaven to all who will repent and place their trust in Jesus Christ. You could say, Lord, I'm repenting. I'm turning from my own way, my selfish way that I've been living. And I turn to you. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior. Come into my life, Lord Jesus, and be my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a child of God. Give me the gift of eternal life. And then you could say, Lord Jesus, because you have now made me a child of God, in grateful devotion, God helping me, I will follow You with all of my heart. And you could say, Lord, at the best possible time, I will make a decision to be baptized just as a public testimony of my faith. I will become a part of a local church. I'll begin to learn the things that Jesus said I'm to be taught. All those are the results of salvation. They come after we become a believer. But they are the things God would call you to if you trust the Lord Jesus today. Father, today, thank you for this wonderful service and thank you for the great spirit we've had here today. Thank you for providing for us a place where we could go to get out of the elements. And we just uh, thank you, Lord, for uh, the precious word of Jesus that we know is alive and living and is sharper than any two-edged sword. And we just pray, Lord, that by the presence of the Spirit of God, who is able to take the things of Christ and open blind eyes and, and soften hearts of stone and turn them into hearts of flesh, So we pray that You would do that today. And we pray that as we go forth from this place, that we might be Your people, shining Your light, so that others could see Christ in us, the hope of glory in the midst of a very dark world. And Lord, again, I do pray for Officer Marker, I pray for the others in Cleveland. I pray for all of our police. Father, we appreciate them. We're grateful that they're out there every day in harm's way so that we can live a a peaceable and a quiet life. And we thank You that You have ordained their position. And so, Lord, today, keep them safe. Encourage their families. And we just pray that we might do what we can to communicate how grateful we are for their work. So, Lord, until we see our brother Jeff again and the others safely home, we pray now for your providential care. For we ask it in Jesus' name.